0: Before we uh, hear from today's featured speaker, I want to share a little um, disclaimer. At City Club, we're focused on providing a platform for individuals who are acting and thinking about and proposing ideas for our great city. As a reminder, we're not a partisan or biased organization. We are not partisan towards any political party, candidate, office, or office holder. This includes local, municipal, county, state, and federal offices. We have a strong history, uh, over 120 years of being nonpartisan, and it remains at the center of our ethos. That said, it's no secret that there's an important election on the horizon. We ask Commissioner Johnson and others running for office to respect the institution and our guidelines by focusing on their primary goals, ideas, and solutions. Specifically, we won't allow the City Club platform to be used for attacks or insults by any candidate towards any other candidate. And the commissioner, unsurprisingly, has kindly agreed to all of this. As you'll see on our website and emails, we'll be hosting other candidates over the next few weeks, including tomorrow, and we will share these same guidelines. Our featured speaker today, Brandon Johnson, began his career as a public school teacher, first at General Academy in Cabrini-Green, and then Westinghouse College Prep on the west side. His next step was a natural for those focused on equity and fairness. He became an organizer with the Chicago Teachers Union. In 2018, Brandon Johnson was elected commissioner of the 1st District of Cook County. He and his wife, Stacy, live in the Austin community where they're raising their three children. The City Club of Chicago welcomes Commissioner Brandon Johnson.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's just how my seventh graders would greet me every morning. So, But since you all are much older, no applause. Just throw paper money at me. Can we do that here? Well, thank you all so much. And I appreciate the disclaimer. So I just hope that those who did not stand that you will not be heckling me. All right. So. But um, I really do appreciate um, the, the warm reception and, of course, to this uh, prestigious uh, location, uh, the Chicago City Club. You know, but I wouldn't be standing here if it weren't for one of the greatest um, voices of all time. And we are still hearing her. Crescent, her, crescent, her crescent, what am I trying to say? <laughs> That's it. Thank you. <laughs> and her vibrato all over the world. And that's Karen Lewis. <clears throat> Crescendo. Crescendo. <laughs> it really is a pleasure, though, to be here today. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is actually quite humbling for me to be in front of you all today. Um, because this is a fabulous institution. And... On the way over, I got a text from my wife, um, Stacy, who we will be celebrating 25 years of marriage in June, and, and uh, we're going to have a big surprise wedding anniversary, y'all. So keep it a secret, when I'm mayor of Chicago, it's going to be a big old slip and slide down Chicago Avenue. <laughs> So if there's some folks who are still on the fence though, about voting for me, just know when you vote for me, a black woman will still be in charge. <laughs> so of course, you know, there was a man named Harold Ickes, um, who was a vocal advocate for civil rights. He was one of the chief architects and implementers of FDR's New Deal. And um, of course, it was under this guise that Our society was transformed. Um, It was his work that helped level the playing field, particularly for working people. And he was passionate about the Chicago City Club. So we know that Mr. Ickes had a friend named Charles Edward Miriam, who helped establish the modern day political science and was one of the original founders of the Progressive Party. And Charles was also very passionate about the Chicago City Club see why I'm so humbled here today. Then, of course, there's Jane Adams, the legendary Jane Adams who fought for for women, but she also was a social reformer and activist and organizer, and she worked to protect children, children from child labor and exploitation. Somehow that did not reach my dad who made us work countless hours. (laughs) I mean, it was terrible working conditions. It's why I joined the union the moment I got a chance. (laughs) But it was her understanding that revolutionized education. And so what it means to educate the entire child and how important it is to have after school programs like art. Jane, too, of course, was passionate about the Chicago City Club. And see, these are the leaders that imbibe and embody the spirit of the Chicago City Club. So it is a place to gather and consider the most important issues of the day and we do that for sure. But above all, this is an institution that is devoted to the welfare of the entire city, the whole child, the whole family. And so that is why again that I'm very humbled to be here today. I'm inspired by those leaders and certainly my campaign for mayor is about honoring and continuing the legacy of progress. So most of you probably already know a little bit about me and that this campaign is certainly building something very remarkable in this moment. Um, So if you've been to any of the events or if you've watched me do an interview or at a debate where I work very hard not to interrupt people when they're speaking, you've probably heard me say this a lot. I say it everywhere I go. I'm running for mayor of the city of Chicago to invest in people. But I want to talk a little bit about what I mean by that. Because it's not just a phrase you can just catch. You got to believe it. This is not something that you just get out of a poll. What it means to invest in people, it means to see the whole picture. It's investing in our public schools so that students and families don't have to apply for a free education. It's about investing and health care so that a W-2 is not the indicator of whether or not you'll have access to something that should be a human right. And, and that also includes mental health care. As many of us are suffering and struggling from trauma, that investing in mental health centers, it is a matter of life and death. It's also about, about making sure that We are intentional about making sure that our public transportation system is reliable. There are a lot of individuals that I won't speak ill of because of the
0: disclaimer (laughs) that have
1: plans and have not presented one idea of how they're going to pay for it. If you love the city of Chicago without saying that you love people enough to invest in them, I have to at least question your motive. I have to because there's not anything greater on the earth than someone's ability to demonstrate their love by actually investing in them, right? Because where your heart is, watch yourself, saints. (laughs) You see the amen corner about to get real excited in here. (laughs) Willie Wilson ain't the only person running for mayor that's saved. (laughs) (laughs) But investments mean seeing people, and when your heart is there, your treasure will be also. So investing in people is the heart of my campaign because I've seen what disinvestment looks like. So I was one of those kids in a working class family where our ends did not always meet. I know what it's like to come home and you turn on the water faucet and there's no water. I know what it's like to have an orange extension cord from our window to the neighbor's window just to make sure that the refrigerator stayed on. It can be debilitating. It can be embarrassing. Where you feel like you've done something wrong because of this wicked economy that forced my daddy to have a couple of jobs. You know, he was a pastor and a carpenter. I've said that multiple times. A lot of pressure when your dad is just like Jesus, right?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: You know, he turned. As, yeah, even even the Catholics got that one. They're like, oh. <laughs> and so growing up in a home when it was it was ten of us with one bathroom, we learned to negotiate early in life in my home. Especially when you have four sisters. You know, the part that's most impressive about me when, when, about me, my wife is always impressed of how particular I am about the bathroom being clean. When you're in a house with 10 people, my parents were also foster parents, people leave stuff behind. It can be very traumatic for a (laughs) 10-year-old. I love you, Mom. I know she's resting in peace, and that's why I only have on one girdle today. I don't know how well this speech is doing, and none of that is on here, by the way. (laughs) But it's actually what provoked me to become a teacher, because my father always taught us about we are only as strong as the person who is struggling the most. And so though I've enjoyed being a Cook County Commissioner, the best job that I've ever had is that of a public school teacher. And so I started teaching in Cabrini-Green, USA. Students who could see the wealth of the world from their back windows while bulldozers stared them down, preparing to destroy their public housing. That type of tale of two cities, that type of wicked stratified economy, is what provoked me into this moment that we're in now. That we can retire the tale of two cities and usher in a better, stronger city where Chicago can finally have one story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, listen, it's not just about me, though, because so often when you have these debates and we think about these policies, we talk about them in abstract terms. There are students that I think about whenever I need to remind myself why I'm running and what this race is about, because there are hard days. I've had them. But the toughest day that I've ever had was um, one particular day. Um, The group that I had right after lunch, that's why I was a little bit worried about how you all would behave after y'all ate. So I could be easily triggered any moment. Because after lunch, you could either fall asleep on Mr. Johnson or things can get real lit. (laughs) I taught in Cabrini Green. (laughs) It would get lit. (laughs) But so there was a day where we were missing one another. And my students had a very um, arduous path to my classroom. And uh, this particular day, I had set up all of the differentiating, the differentiation stations so that we can have a really robust classroom. And as the students were moving around station to station, things begin to get a little chaotic. Kind of like democracy sometimes. And uh, when you're teaching middle school students, you can't give 13, 14 year olds a timeout. Right. So the teacher has to take a timeout. So there was a section in the room where I would sit and The students knew that if, if once Mr. Johnson sits in this seat, that he had had it up to here. So let's regroup and let's calm down. So I sat down. They did it. Got quiet. And I'm giving them a lecture. Right. Like a good teacher would and share like, this inspirational speech that I did not write or prepare. But I wanted them to know how much I love them, but how disappointed I was. And then the hand went in the air. Tajma Stevenson. Tajma. And the last thing you want when you're upset as a teacher is someone to raise their hand (laughs) because you know what's coming. And so finally, I just acquiesced and I listened to her and she said, Mr. Johnson, I want to tell you what the problem is. So the last thing you want is when you're upset Is for a child to raise their hand. The very last thing you want is a little black girl to tell you what she think the problem
0: is.
1: (laughs) Only a few of y'all have raised black girls, apparently. And so I said, "Okay, OK, tell me what the problem is. And she said, Mr. Johnson, the problem is you shouldn't be teaching here. She said you should be teaching at a good school. That forever changed my life. Where too many people in the city of Chicago, particularly black, brown, and poor people, they can recognize what quality is, but they do not believe they deserve it. She simply embraced the self-fulfilling prophecy that the politics of old that have left families behind had constantly reminded her of. And so for me... This is about making sure that our city is seen. So I'm running for mayor of the city of Chicago today for the same reason I became an educator, because I know the meaning of education. Growing up, I saw the kids that got pushed out out or written off. They were labeled as troublemakers, the unteachable. And even at an early age, I knew that was wrong. Those kids, for the most part, ended up, unfortunately, in prison, or the ground lost to us their talents were lost their dreams were lost and all they could have was lost and it didn't have to be that way because education is not just simply about facts or numbers or college or even jobs it's about in changing it's about changing the entire trajectory of someone's life It's about making sure that someone knows and thinks what is possible. So I became an educator because I wanted to bridge the gap and try to reach everyone to transform lives through the power of education. It was George S. Counts, one of the great philosophers, that challenged educators to see the child in the democratic structure to make sure that we are educating young people to take on the injustices that exist in the world, to rebuild and to reimagine a democracy that did not see our humanity. That is the role of education. Absolutely, we believe in imposition. That is our job. But you can imagine how distracting it is when bulldozers are staring at you And then you got to come to Mr. Johnson's class and discuss the five causes of the American Revolution. Some of y'all just fell asleep when I just mentioned the five causes of the American Revolution. And then the smart people, I thought there were six of them. (laughs) When you're hungry and tired and unhoused. And that's why our campaign is about seeing the whole child. The entire community that surrounds them, and so for me, that's why I'm happy to be supported by individuals who recognize the value of child care for all. When child care costs parents almost twenty thousand dollars a year, at one point, my wife and I were paying more in child care than our mortgage was $1,500 a month to drop them off for other people to look at them. (laughs) Shouldn't be that way. It's also, it's about fully funding our neighborhood schools. We receive we are, the Chicago public schools is technically still underfunded. It is. We are receiving less than the minimum, state, the minimum state guidelines that are recommended, upward of a billion dollars. So yes, we need to overhaul the CPS funding formula so that we're fully funding every single public school, that communities deserve to have a school where art and, and music and, and social workers and counselors, that that's the norm, that's the baseline. Our people deserve that. But it requires us to have political will. But here's what we also need. Why are we making children pay for a ride to get to a school that's not in their neighborhood? And so that's why my proposal is very simple. CTA should be free for every single child. Children should be able to focus on learning and not trying to figure out how they're going to get a ride to school. Absolutely. Look, I'm telling you all that it, it exists. When the projects were shut down, our children were still coming back to Cabrini Green because that was the neighborhood that they were familiar with. Some of them took two buses and a train and the oldest was 12 caring for their for their for their siblings Do you understand how jacked up that is as an economy where babies have to hitchhike to get to school. We're gonna change that in a Johnson administration. Yeah. And that's why I'm also gonna make sure that we are treating the trauma of students and their families. Violence, COVID, students are traumatized. It's difficult to learn. CPS only has 20% of the social workers recommended by the National Association of Social Workers. We need to invest in mental health and resources at every single school so that when trauma breaks out, there's a response to it. But here's the exciting thing. I'm going to run through a few more things and I'm almost done. That's, that's a clue for the Saints. I get three closings. They know it's coming. Oh, oh. We're 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 going we're going to make sure that every single denomination understands that with me as mayor, I'm going to be the first saved, sanctified, and filled with the. Okay, all right. Listen, now we're 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 confusing people now. All right, all right. <laughs> saved and sanctified. What party is that? <laughs> but but the language that our children possess now, because we are spending more time helping them understand their triggers, and their trauma. I'm in a conversation with my daughter, Braden. We call her Brady. And we're going back and forth. This was right towards the end of the pandemic when it was time for students to return back to school. And we're going back and forth. And in the, first of all, it's pretty jacked up that I'm going back and forth with a seven-year-old, right? right? I am doing a horrible job at raising my black children. My father would have never gone back and forth with me. but. Uh, she interrupted the conversation and she said, Dad, you're triggering me.
0: <laughs>
1: I know, like even white people are like, well, hold on a little girl. That is just too far. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ronnie. I'm going to get back to the speech in a second. <laughs> but 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 she had the language, you all. She had the language. You know why that's important? Because her uncle that she never met had untreated trauma, my brother, and he died addicted and unhoused. What if her uncle had that language 30 years ago? He would be here to see his grandchildren. And that's why we're going to pass treatment, not trauma, in the first 100 days of my administration. (laughs) We're going to make sure that we are fully funding our bilingual education. We're going to make sure that CPS in the city of Chicago is real sanctuary. right? We're going to make sure that we're fully funding our special education. You're not going to have to sue my administration to make sure that we are meeting the guidelines for special education. We're going to have every single school should be a sustainable community school. The people of Chicago get to determine what local communities need within their school communities. Byler Elementary was on the list to be closed. Yes. We saved that school. It becomes a sustainable community school. And now it is a model for the rest of the country yes. because we fought back. We made sure that the community was vested in the outcomes of their children's success. And we can do that under a Johnson administration. Yes. We're also going to make sure that we see young people. We're going to have a Double amount of young people with a full summer and year-round youth hiring program. Because there is a direct correlation between youth employment and violence reduction. We're going to do what works. We're going to pass. We're going to make sure we bring Chicago home, y'all. The fact that we have 65,623 unhoused people in the city of Chicago, of which 20,000 of them are children who are doubled up. Jessica Trotter. She was at my launch. I had her when she was in seventh and eighth grade. We're teaching a story about a family where the father lost his job. And so they had to go live with relatives. So they were homeless. And Jessica came up to me after class and she said, Mr. Johnson, am I homeless? I said, I don't know, Jessica. Why do you ask? Because she had been living with relatives because her mother was in prison from an ad- because of her addiction. Like these are the real life experiences that our children are dealing with every single day. And so when we talk about making sure that we have not only affordable housing, but public housing and a pathway to home ownership, that's how we rebuild and revive our economy. We give people the opportunity to experience generational wealth. My wife and I were making $80,000 a year combined when we purchased our first home. We had six degrees and needed two government programs to help us put a down payment down. This is about working people. This is about creating a pathway to middle class. This is about pulling people out of poverty. Education has the ability to connect us to all of the dynamics that exist in this city that have made pain and trauma... My second closing. You see, he's about to get hype here. An economy that has made pain and trauma a part of the regular political practice. Why are we doing the same thing over and over again that continues to fail people and then when it's elections time, the very people who benefit from our misery get mad at me for having a better vision. Education can't stop at graduation from high school. That's why we have to make sure that our city colleges are fully supported, that there's democracy within our city colleges. We close the gap between graduation and jobs. Our city colleges have to be public and free as well. So I'm running for mayor, you all, because I believe that the city of Chicago, the same way I believe in our students, Because this is my home, y'all. This is our city. I'm running for mayor because I believe that quality can actually be delivered if you actually have the political will to do it. I believe that in all of my being. Listen, I have to believe that because it is a matter of life and death for the city of Chicago. The fact that we are experiencing the unprecedented level of violence in this city, shouldn't we stop and pause for one second and wonder if we're doing the right thing? As I close,
0: <laughs>
1: it really concerns me that every problem that we're facing here in Chicago, whether it's homelessness, whether it's the lack of jobs, whether it's crime, this, this is what Jane Addams meant when she said you have to educate the entire child. Educating the whole child means dealing with the root causes And all of the root causes are directly tied to the failures of political insiders and politicians who refuse to actually see people and recognize that poverty, you all, is one of the most isolating, awful, gruesome experiences that one could ever live through. I represent Garfield Park. It has been described as a developing nation. And just a couple of miles west, I represent Oak Park, where they have two public school districts. They have three public libraries. They have the blue line. They have the green line. They have their own public health department. They have parks and recreation. You can sign your kids up in Oak Park for anything. I've seen it. Pottery.
0: You can. You can
1: take pottery classes. I'm not mad at them. Hula hoop classes. (laughs) You know what I'm about to say? Them little white kids running around in circles for six weeks. And the parents there early for six weeks. Who classes? As they should. Because listen, when you love people, you invest in them in whatever they want to do. You make sure that you make that possible. We can have that in Chicago. You are. That is not a dream. That's a possibility, but we can get it done. You know, this city has been led by ineffective mayors. It has been. But there's a threat, you all. A real threat. I promise you, this is the last one. Paul Vallis will be a disaster for the city of Chicago. Everywhere he has gone, he has been fired. He has caused the stratified city that we live in right now. It was his budgetary practices that led us into the economic despair that we have now. And now he wants to be trusted with the same budget that he couldn't get right when he was here. That's a real threat, you all. He put schools on probation, gave them terms that criminalized education. He attacked workers. There are black workers right now who are suffering all over the globe because of his bad finances. The entire school district in New Orleans has been privatized. Philadelphia said they they, they can't wait till he leaves. When he got to Bridgeport, Connecticut, he wasn't even qualified. Can't go back to that, you all. But what we can do is go towards a better future. And that's what this moment is about. No matter where you are in this city, whether it's Ravenswood or Inglewood, whether it's Jefferson Park or McKinley Park or Morgan Park, no matter where you are in this city, you deserve to have a mayor that loves people that we cannot leave it to chance that workers will be protected. We cannot leave it to chance that health care will be available. We cannot leave it to chance that the very idea of public education, which is a Negro idea, where we're forcing black children to apply for a school system that's free. We can't leave it to chance that our school district, that our parks, that our transportation, that our health care won't be a guarantee. I'm running for mayor of the city of Chicago to finally give the people of Chicago a guarantee. Guaranteed access to public health care. Guaranteed access to reliable transportation. Guaranteed access to a fully funded neighborhood school. Guaranteed access to child care. Guaranteed access to a safe city. A better Chicago was possible to y'all. And we can do it. We can do it together. Do not fall for the tricks of the old. That people say that we can't win. I'm here to tell you, we brought a school board. We bought civilian oversight over policing. We fought for to end privatization. And we're going to finally have a mayor that believes in public accommodations, that no matter where you are, the city of Chicago is going to be better, brighter, stronger, safer under a Johnson administration. There's going to be a big table, you all, for everybody. God bless you all.
2: I'll let you all soak that up for a little bit <laughs> but I will say this for those of you who may not have ever experienced it there will be, you're going to hear a bunch of people that are going to go along with me and the church said yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: because I heard somebody say that part pastor, were they just confused or you know you got something you need to tell me I'm just saying I need to know because I need to, you know, I'll react differently if I need to
0: uh
2: Thank you so much, Commissioner. There's so much here. How many teachers do we have in the room? Stand up if you're. I need to see you standing up.
0: You need to see that. You need to see
2: that. First, let me say thank you. To teachers, I believe that you all are the most underappreciated and underpaid people in the face of the planet. And I know if you've ever met my child, I mean, he's great now, but so there's a line and it says, some of you all understand this, I, I wouldn't trade nothing for my journey.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I would trade fifth through tenth grade easily. <laughs> Amanda's in the room. You know, don't you? I trade it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't nope. Yep. Wouldn't want to do it over. Uh, the people at Oak Park District 97 would say, Yep, you're right. So thank you, teachers. I don't know who Tajma is, but do we know where she is? Uh, Miss might know. Miss <laughs> Tajma, I need to meet you. Um, and I hope that she's doing, and I have a feeling that she's already doing wonderful things. And should you end up on the fifth floor, or the tenth floor, or wherever we are these days, I'm sure she'll be doing something in your office. Um, I have so many questions, and they're good ones. So we're just going to see what kind of lightning round we can do here. Um, investing in the whole student gave me chills, because... When you think about it, if you get the kids right, my, my my father-in-law, a black Baptist minister, would say, "If you can get the kids to read and write and do arithmetic—yes, he said arithmetic—they can do anything." And that's just the truth, right? You know, I just tell you what God loves—that's the truth. So, Alderman Jeanette, I'm sorry I didn't see you earlier. How are you? more of a rock star than you you know that right okay, okay. I was just letting you know okay oh, okay <clears throat> so yeah all these questions aren't going to happen love you all but I want to be true to what we're doing here so I'm going to hit a couple of them really quick for you okay um first one I, I was told the other day that I didn't start with softballs and dot and mb in the back didn't tell me I have to start with softballs so I might as well just go for broke right do you support an elected school board for the city colleges of Chicago Uh, You talked about this a little bit, but I want to hear you say, we we want to hear you say, um, what steps would you take not only to keep businesses in Chicago, but to attract new ones? And that's from Chaz. Chaz, you're here in the room somewhere, right, Ebert? Okay, I thought she was.
1: Yeah, that's a big, that's a that's a good question. You know, so look, the reason why businesses are struggling to exist in the city of Chicago is because uh, the same reason why families are struggling struggling to live in the city of Chicago. It's we have to deal with real public safety, and if communities and families don't feel safe and secure, um, it becomes really impossible for investments to take place because one, you don't have um, customers, right? As more and more families. Particularly black and brown families are being pushed out of, out of the city. Um, and so one of the things that we're going to do is making sure that, again, as I said before, that we close the gap between graduation and job opportunities. There are over 30,000 manufacturing jobs that are already available. And many of those manufacturers, um, are looking to pass their business along. And so individuals in the city of Chicago, not only have an opportunity to actually take up the jobs, but they can actually run those companies themselves. And so um, we're going to incentivize um, our young people and give them the training that they need early. Um, And we can start as early as sixth and seventh grade to get them on the pathway to be able to fulfill um, the economic opportunities that already exist. As we build for a safer, stronger city, that is going to make sure, that's going to ensure that Corporations and businesses have a space where they don't have to worry about loss. And families that are experiencing violence in the city of Chicago should not have to worry about losing a child. Shouldn't businesses that want to grow in the city of Chicago shouldn't have to worry about losing a customer base. We can do it together. The business of Chicago is the education of Chicago. Mm.
2: Rochelle and John, um, I think he covered a bit of your question, so please bear with me that I'm not getting to your question. I'm not ignoring you. Lois Nelson, where are you? Lois is a stalwart in the city of Chicago, and if you know anything about Chicago teachers' pensions or anything like that, you know the name of Lois Nelson. Thank you for being here today, ma'am. Her question says... Can you pl- Can you describe your plans to support Chicago senior citizens? Talk about
1: that. Yeah, thank you, Lois, for that question. Um, I wish you would have prepared me for it earlier, but that's okay, Lois. I love you. <laughs> you know, just like a black woman, let me just see how good he really is. <laughs> well, look, um, you know, during COVID, we saw like how disruptive. Our, our, and fragile our um, infrastructure is. I think at one point in the state of Illinois, um, over half of the deaths, um, you could find them in 11 addresses. They were senior facilities, right? And so as Cook County Commissioner, I've built two affordable housing units for seniors, and we broke ground on a third one. As, and and here's the encouraging part about that. We collaborated to do that. And because of the jurisdictional boundaries within county government, I could only institute these opportunities in suburban Cook. I'm going to do that as mayor of the city of Chicago. We have to create more support, particularly housing for our seniors, but we also have to make sure that we have a reliable transportation system, grocery stores. Here's another thing though, before we even get too far off into grocery stores because that could take some time, we actually need to invest with where the vacancy exists or where we can actually have urban farms where individuals from the local community that are attached to where seniors, uh, seniors are are living, that we are providing a full wraparound, holistic approach to protecting those communities. And then, of course, finally, um, you don't have to worry about me paying into your pension. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the ways in which we can secure the economic viability of local communities. We have did an analysis of all of the zip codes in the city of Chicago and the type of revenue that comes from pensioners. Black and brown zip codes, if you were to remove pensioners and seniors from that zip code, that entire economy would collapse because our system is so um, jacked up right now where we have more people who are receiving pensions than those who have W-2s. The best way to help protect our seniors is to make sure that their life doesn't end with them being the only person in their family that secured economic opportunities in their retirement, let's make sure that their grandchildren are educated and that their children have jobs.
2: Well, we're over, but you know, you guys aren't going anywhere. It looks like you're not getting out. I don't see anybody grabbing coats and stuff. So, um, for Brady, for your wife, because that comment that he made about you know, black woman not you know. Did you think I was gonna let that pass? <laughs> no, I, didn't. I mean, I just thought maybe he didn't know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he thought I looked, I don't know. But did you really think I was gonna let that pass?
1: I was hoping, but between you and Lois, y'all making me real uncomfortable right now.
2: <laughs> so, real quick favorite Chicago music artist, and what do you do to relax in 15 seconds?
1: Right. Um... Okay, so there's the real politics here. Watch this. My favorite Chicago music artist is Reverend Sharp at Fellowship Baptist Church. (laughs) I got you. And uh, uh, I like to um, ride my bike um, and eat pizza in my underwear. How about that? (laughs)
2: know what to do with that right (laughs) so um, just to round things out this is a question from uh, a Mark Clements what do you Mark are you here (laughs) what do you plan to do to prevent issues like what John Burge did to residents in Chicago
1: yeah, like if you don't know Mark's story, you, you should get to know it um, because these are the stories of of the people. Thank you. Oh, that's right, Mark. Um, these are the stories that, that, that motivate uh, me uh, to not just run for office but to organize around the city of Chicago to make sure that torture and trauma um, is not executed, um, particularly by the government, right? And so, you know, we should acknowledge the fact that you know reparations are due to to individuals who've been tortured by by the state and so i think one of the first things that we have to do is have to make sure that you know officers um who subscribe to you know the deadly practices of white supremacy um they can't work for the city of chicago yeah. but i think finally let's 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 give you know, let's let's give our, our people real opportunity, y'all. You know, since this is the last question, right, I'll just say that, you know, this came up last night. You know, there are more black men incarcerated than were enslaved by the end of the by the end of slavery, by the, right around the Civil War. You know, the gang database, you know, most of them black men, Westsiders. And when unemployment. In this country, for white men, reached 30%. Our country said that it was dangerous and called it a national crisis. And white men received every single program that was available from this government. And no one called it entitlement. They didn't call it a safety net. They didn't call it a handout. They called it what? An investment. And so, Mark... I'm going to invest in the city of Chicago. I really am. And here's the final note, because y'all heard Joe Biden last night. He obviously seen my budget plan. <laughs> he said, we're going to invest in people and the ultra rich, I got to pay y'all a fair share. So in my neighborhood, we don't hold up a glass for Karen Lewis. We pour a little something, something out. God bless you all.
2: You all know we're not done yet, right? <laughs> Three standing ovations. I've never seen such at the City Club of Chicago. Um, It is my job now to um, pull from, to ask you, uh, Claude? Is it Claude? Okay. I was going to ask you, but your last name is Robinson, and man, you know, we could be cousins, I don't know. Okay. So, could you close your eyes? Close them? Uh, Since I know this room is full of those uber rich people, because there's a bunch of teachers in here, you know. So today's uh, gift certificate is a $200 gift certificate to Alpina Singh's restaurant. I know, right? So who wouldn't want to go sit at the feet of a sommelier and have some real good wine, right? Um, this person is Nieves Bolanos. Are you here? So, Nieves is at Fish Powder Bolano's PC. Please see Amanda. Oh, she's on her way over there right now. Um, I don't, she's excited, isn't she? Um, I also am presenting the commissioner with his year membership, and I do hope you use it. I will, this is great. Um, To the city club. Thank you to his staff because I know how hard you all worked. And, you know, I happen to also be black and Baptist, so I know that he didn't fight. Where are you going? Don't. Oh, what is it with people leaving the stage? So I don't understand that's been happening lately. So thank you to your to staff. I know you guys worked hard and I know you went way off script, but you know, yeah. Um, thank you all so much. The energy in this room is crazy today. Uh, I love it. I love teachers. We are adjourned. Thank you so much and all the best to everyone. If you could hold on, we're going to do a picture.